Oh shit! You are now tuned in to the hottest sports podcast on the internet, Up in Flames, brought to you by your boy, Mo Murphy. This is where you will hear some of the hottest takes in the most raw and uncut fashion, baby. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mo, back with another episode of Up in Flames. I got another special guest today, Rod Bridgers from the Hoop State Network. Um, Rod, go ahead, say what's up, and go ahead and just get into telling us about yourself, what you do, and, and what you love doing. Well, first of all, Mo, man, I appreciate you having me. Uh, I'm Rod Bridgers, uh, a social media personality for Hoop State, also one of the marketing managers for the Hoop State Network as well, so... What we do, we're, we're a company based out of North Carolina where we focus on high school basketball and college as well, too. But we mainly focus on high school where, you know, we just give kids a platform to be seen, another avenue. But we do it in like the non-traditional media way. We're more or less like the, the cool, cooler, older guys that's been through it before to kind of like help the kids like navigate. So it's, it's crazy because a lot of kids actually like relate to who we are, what we do. So we get, I mean... We have the best of the best come through our, our network, man. Um, North Carolina is such a talented, talented state, man. I can name all the people that come through North Carolina. You, but you, you know, you got your Steph Curry, Chris Paul, John Walls, and Harry Giles, Bam Adebayo. Those guys, is in Kobe White. So, um, what we do, we just try to give kids a platform and, and let them know, you know what we do. We're here for them. So, yeah, man, that's what's up. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? Especially to be able to. Work with a lot of those guys, you know, a lot of those big names, you know, those are guys we see on TV that have huge platforms. So that's definitely dope. Right. You know, with working with high school ball, um, McCurr Maker just made his decision to commit to HBCU. I see a lot of the top recruits um, ever since, you know, this Black Lives Matter movement got back started, you know, with the unfortunate murder of George Floyd. You know, a lot of black people mm-hmm. are trying to take charge of their story. And so McCurr Maker mm-hmm. committing to Howard to me is a big deal just because we've seen guys like Mikey Williams talk about it. And I've kind of been interested mm-hmm. in seeing if anybody was really going to entertain it or whether they was just all talk. McCurr Maker made the decision, mm-hmm. the highest recruit that a, um, HBCU has ever gotten. So what do you think about that? Like, mm-hmm. what do you think about that decision? Well, first of all, for I, I, I'm ecstatic because I'm a graduate from HBCU. I, went to, I attended Fayetteville State University. So... For me to see, first of all, young African American uh, athletes even considering going to HBCU for me is amazing because the, the experience I had there is second to none. So for McCord, man, I, I got we got a chance to actually see McCord this year. He came to the John Wall Holiday Invitational over in December. He one and done, amazing talent, and to see him going to someone like Howard, oh man, it, it's amazing, I, and I hope. A lot of kids take what he did today as a groundbreaker and follow his footsteps. You know, we, we always say, well, one kid may not be able to change the culture, but, you know, today he turned a lot of heads. So I like more, more props to him. I love it, man. I just want to see more and more. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, like with the Fab Five, why can't we get a Fab Five of like five, like the top 30 or 40 players in the country to say, oh, you know, we always go to one school and just go rock out, you know? Because if they go to that school, guess what's going to happen? All the, the money's going to follow them, the TV, the cameras, everything's going to follow them to that school because, you know, me and you, we're hoop heads. So if you got five of the top 30 kids in the country wanting to hoop somewhere, you're like, yo, I got I to check them out. Like, I, I got to watch them every time they're on TV. So 
that's what I, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, that's that was my take on it. Especially you hit it on the head with with the Fab Five going to Michigan, and then you know a lot of these top players going to Kentucky together. A lot of these top players going to Duke together. Right. I understood a lot of people were like hesitant when Mikey first said it. You know, he was kind of one of the first ones to say it. Uh, I know McCurry Maker actually mentioned this some months ago, but people kind of forget about it. But once Mikey said it, you know, it hit headline news, you know, one of the top players in the country. And so I was like, maybe one might not do it. Like, you know, one guy, the top player in the country goes to HBCU. They're going to get a little more TV time than normal, but that might not do it. But why not four of the top 10 guys or four of the top 20, 30 guys all get together, like you said, we're gonna follow. We're gonna follow them. We're gonna not care about mm-hmm. seeing Duke as much if five of the top fifteen guys are at Howard or at FAMU or Bethune Cookman or you know North Carolina A and T or a lot of those. So they'll get the TV time, and like you said, they don't have the HBCUs right now. Don't necessarily have the the funding to offer what Duke can offer, like the facilities. But if one guy like Maker, mm-hmm. if all these other top athletes follow what he's talking about, and they they decide to go there, even if it's just one and done. If this becomes a consistent thing every year, they're gonna get the funding. They're gonna do it, and then maybe it eventually even reaches football. You know, these top yeah. programs are top programs because of their recruiting, because and they get that money from the recruits going there. So that's my biggest thing is like, 100%. yeah. So if somebody else decides to join Maker in. At Howard, you know, we're definitely going to want to watch Howard basketball. I'd love to see three of the top recruits go to Howard and play North Carolina and see how they pan out just because it's the top players in the country. I want to watch ball all the time. Right. So think about it like this, too. Let's just say you get a couple five stars to come in and they're one and done, but your program has success. Now you're getting those four star and those high three star kids that you can build your program around. You're you're two and three and four year guys. Now you're sustaining a program and building. Now you might find those gems like your Damian Lillard, your, your CJ McCollum's, even your Steph Curry's, those guys are the program builders. So, like, if, if they can do it at a Davidson or a, we, a Weber State, why can't we do it at a North Carolina Central or A&T or at an HBCU? So I think I think that's just like like you said, it's, it's a stepping stone. So once you get that first guy to commit, that first domino to fall, I feel like everything else can fall into place. Right, and, and that's my biggest thing is with the HBCUs is like, there's been a lot of successful people or celebrities that went to HBCUs. We don't see them come from sports, but in Hollywood, uh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, mm-hmm. he went to HBCU. Yep. So there's a lot of guys that come mm-hmm. from success in the HBCU world. And then being black, you know, being young black men, like I hear about all the experiences from people that went to HBCUs. And, and they pretty much say the same exact thing that you said. It's second to none. You're in a culture. You're in an yep. environment that relates to you. You know, you go to Duke and, it, yep. and it's not to always bring race into it, but Duke is really, unless you're an athlete, it's a lot of rich white people who they're not Absolutely. going scholarship. They're going rich white people, spoon fed environment, you know? And so that's kind of the biggest thing for me is everybody need to take right. that step. I would love to see it. Um, especially in a time where college basketball is starting to go down. It seems like, it seems like, you know, the NBA right. is trying to build up the transition of being able to come straight out of high school. And even if the, the yep. requirement becomes play a year in the G League instead of going to college, but those guys will take that $500,000 paycheck right away. Exactly. So it's like, speaking of that, what is that, you being involved in the high school world, what is the G League? Like, what's the what's the word around it with some of these top guys? Is it a lot more than what's already considered considering going to the G League? 
Well, so we had a guy here in North Carolina, Isaiah Todd. Uh, he's one of the uh, – him and, him and Jalen Green were the first two to sign up for. And just everything that I got from it was, you know, they're interested in that route just because they're like, – it's, it's like on-site training. It's like a it's like a pro farm league, but you're not getting the actual – you're not playing the, the, the G – you're not going through the G League grind. Like those kids are living in California, bright and sunny. They're like – so they're, they're like – if you put it in terms like a uh, – like a soccer club team, like with a select team where they just play certain amount of X amount of games. It's more skilled based on like just uh, just basically like learning how to be a pro and things like that. Uh, so when I when I was speaking to Isaiah Todd's family about it, just had like a private conversation. They were all for it just because they felt like that was the best training. To, that's the best opportunity for him to get ready as a pro in a year. Because I mean, obviously, we know he's not going to college more than six or seven months. So why waste your time in college? develop it and you're trying to develop where you can go ahead and get league ready now where basketball is your focus 24 7 so that was the biggest takeaway from it right and that and that's another thing is like some of these guys these one and dones i think that's a better gateway because we know Mm -hmm. you know we know these guys aren't going to college for four years um especially these top 10 players each year like a lot of those guys are one and done so it do seem like going to class and trying to take school serious for a year is not going to happen. You know, you want to play ball right. 24-7. You want to focus on ball. And I understand, you know, coming from being in high school and, and even playing in junior college and stuff like that. Like, I didn't care about the classroom part of the grind. I cared about ball. If I could play ball, if all right. I had to do was go play ball and skip class, that's what I would do. And, you know, even right. revert back to a guy like Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons said he never went to class. And, yep. and so that's why I yep. think the program of just a year of hard-on training and playing in these games, getting a little bit of exposure, obviously not as much as being on ESPN playing for Duke or North mm-hmm. Carolina, but it's the sole focus mm-hmm. on the basketball grind and take away the school aspect because these guys can mm-hmm. always go back to school, you know, especially these top right. guys that are going to make all this money in the league. They can mm-hmm. use that money. They could go back to school later. But even now today in today's NBA, these guys are – bigger than basketball everybody has a platform right they start in businesses and things like that i mean obviously everybody's mm-hmm. not going to be successful as lebron james with it and dab in hollywood right. and things like that but they're able to start bringing in other money and other means of income so that when they hang up basketball mm-hmm. they still have a platform they have business they still have money and then they can go back to school we've seen guys like Shaq go back to school and get their degree we've seen greg mm-hmm. Oden go back and, and get his degree so that's my thing mm-hmm. is I do love the fact that they can solely focus on basketball. But um mm-hmm. you know, so that yeah, that's that's my biggest thing with that. Um so who's who's the most prolific guy coming out of North Carolina right now in your opinion? And I know it's a lot of talent Ooh. out there. So uh obviously Isaiah Todd, he's coming out, he's uh going to the G League team. Uh another kid, Josh Hall, he was since his top twenty five kid. He's going straight from high school to the NBA. He did a prep year, mm-hmm. so he's actually going to the draft. Um, been hearing good things about. Him. I've actually spoken to a couple of NBA teams about him. I think he's probably going to be like a, a, a mid second round pick. Um, a lot of people like him. He's a six nine wing player. I mean, he can he can put it on the floor. He, he got he can get to the rack, man. Like I, I'll, I'll send you some video of him to check him out, bro. He yeah, he's it though. Like I, I, he he was committed to NC State. Um, his family went through the process. They decided you know the pro route was the best option. So, you know, had he gone to NC State for a year, he probably, you know, just because you're going the traditional route, people would have said, okay, well, yeah, he probably would have a lottery next summer. But, you know, if, if it's in your heart to go now and you you believe in yourself, bet on yourself and go. Um, 
But those two, uh, there's a kid, Jaden Bradley. He just transferred to IMG. He's, he's from uh, Charlotte. Jaden Bradley's a top 10. He's he top 10 in his class as a sophomore. Silky smooth point guard. Uh, unbelievable talent. Uh, just off the top of my head, those are probably the three biggest names right now. We have a slew of high major kids, kids that are, you know, that are eventually end up being pros. But those three, those three right now, I would say they have potential to be like 10-year NBA vet guys. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's definitely a lot of uh, talent coming out of North Carolina when it comes to basketball. You know, I'm from Florida, so mm-hmm. we have talented guys come out of Florida for basketball. But, you know, the state of Florida is big time on football. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I feel like Florida dominates. So, you know, I keep up with some yeah. of the guys. Um, it's kind of been a little hard. You know, with the pandemic, everybody just isn't out and about right. like that. And then with the Black Lives Matter, everybody's more solely focused on that. So, you know, we missing out on right. AAU and the chance of being able to see all these top players in a lot of these top tournaments. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, earlier, mm-hmm. you mentioned something about the John Wall Invitational. So is that something that gets ran mm-hmm. every year now? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, ne- next year will actually be the 30th year of it. Um, it's changed names a few times. Uh, but John John took it over about three years ago. He's the, he's the full-time sponsor now. Um, it's, a, it's it's probably one of the best high school events in the country. Uh, it's a who's who's been there. This year, this last year, Montverde came with Cade Cunningham, Bayron Sharp, Scott Barnes, and they just, they annihilated everybody, man. And that tournament was loaded. Jonathan Kaminga was there. Uh, like I said, Isaiah Todd, Josh Hall. It was probably, I think they said it was 10 five-stars that played in that tournament. And one, he had 10 five-stars in one tournament. Like, that was, it was nuts. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. Like, if you, if I tell anybody, if you can get a chance uh, right after Christmas, if you could just come for one day and watch that tournament, you'll be hooked for life, I promise you. So, but we do a live stream, so uh, I'll, I'll make sure you, you'll check it out. Yeah, so. yeah man, that's like, that's you know, crazy. that's dope because, like, I feel like we had a lot of big tournaments when, you know, I was at that age in high school, middle school, high school. We had the big tournaments, um, but it's gotten a lot bigger. I feel like the the platform of high school basketball has gotten a lot bigger with social media, yeah. being able to advertise yeah. these guys a lot more than what we had. We didn't have that. It was like you played ball and it was word of mouth. <laughs> like it was word of mouth. You you walked in the gym and if you knew who that guy was, you knew he, he was real deal because it was all word of mouth. We didn't have all the cameras. We had the cameras, and right. but YouTube was just getting started. We didn't have the Snapchats yeah. and, and everything like that and the, all the promotional abilities that they have now. So it's like one of the biggest tournaments that I ever played in. The two biggest tournaments I ever played in was the Las Vegas Invitational and the one yeah. at the Disney Wide World of Sports. In the summertime, so those are like the two big yeah. tournaments I got to play in. One of the turn, one of the Wide World of Sports tournaments I played in, I was in ninth or tenth grade, and it was Austin Rivers was there, Brandon Knight, Bradley Beal, like you know that was big time mm-hmm. then. But now they have them year mm-hmm. round. Basketball became more year round now. You know it used to be a winter yeah. thing in summertime for AAU, but now it seems like even when I was playing in high school, you have these summer leagues, you have the fall leagues. Obviously, we play in the fall. Right. You have the spring leagues where we were playing in all these tournaments. So I do love that basketball did get bigger. It's, a, it's big time year round. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So let's lead into the NBA. Um, the NBA is set to okay. return. It's starting to seem a little iffy since the news have came because of all these uprise and, and the Heat just shut down their facility with the, with two positive yeah. tests. So what are you thinking or, you know, you might know some people. What are you hearing about 
the possibility of it actually not coming back? Is there a possibility? Um, there's very much a possibility. Um, just a few people that I've spoken with privately about it. They're just saying that you know it's kind of like a day. It's a, it's a day by day thing. Um, you know, basically, you know, Chris Paul is a uh, vice president. He's the president of the Players Association, and Chris Paul and LeBron are like like that. So, yeah. basically, it came down to what LeBron wanted to do. If LeBron wanted to play. They're they're playing. So obviously, LeBron, you know, doesn't want to sit out. He's thirty. He's thirty five now. You know, time is ticking for LeBron. So you know, losing a year is probably not the best thing. So, and in the time right now, LeBron and Chris, they feel like you know they can use their platform because the whole entire world's gonna be watching the NBA when they come back. Right. So they feel like they can use their platform to, to for their voice and, and to try to make a change. Uh, now, a lot of the players don't feel that way. A lot of the players are more worried about their safety at that point. You know, being away from their families and different things like that. Um, I'm just curious to see because if it's, if it's scheduled to last three and a half months, like what happens if, if they get in like mid September and a, a team has five players test positive? You got to shut the whole team down. Now, what they're in the middle of the playoffs, are you just going to stop the playoffs? Like, you, you can't do that because everything's on a time crunch now. So, all right, it's not trying to FaceTime. Sorry about that. It's all good. So, cool. So, uh, you're on a time crunch now. So, now when you do that, what happens? You, 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 just, you can't finish it. There's no way you can, like, literally finish the season. So, I, I mean, you know, me, I, I, I hope and pray that they can get through it with minimal with, with minimal positive tests, but it's just not looking good right now. Yeah, so. it's like, it's, it, like you said, it's a day-by-day thing. Every day it's like, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to play, they're going to play, and then boom, a team shuts down the facility, you know, multiple players test positive. And then the whole thing is, is I feel like we haven't, we've yet to hit the big names. I mean, Jokic, to me right now, is the biggest name that has tested positive. That really could change the mm-hmm. outcome of a team. I know the Nets have multiple people, but they kind of weren't a factor of make or break the playoffs anyway because Kyrie and KD haven't played all year. I think if they did play all year and they were expected to win a championship, that would change everything, you know. But Kyrie's not playing. KD's not playing. He's not going to come back. So that's kind of the biggest thing. Jokic is the biggest star. I feel like if it comes out tomorrow, LeBron tested positive, everybody might as well just play mm-hmm. that the NBA is done. LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, maybe even like Paul George, you know, with those big names coming into the playoffs, Harden and Westbrook, Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a few big names. If one, two, you know, three of those guys get it off the rip, that's a two-week setback for them because they have to quarantine themselves. So yep. that's kind of the biggest thing with that is, like, you already have to quarantine for two weeks. And if they start this, they're supposed to start. So right now, anybody tested positive, I feel like it's okay because they have two weeks quarantine before the season even starts. The first game is supposed to be on July 30th. But right. is LeBron head going to be into it if he was to test positive? Is Chris Paul and AD, are they even going to be into it anymore? Or are they going to start looking at, maybe it's not safe. If I can get it, anybody can get it. I mean, I feel like that's how the world will look at it. If LeBron can get it, I'm definitely subject objective to get it. So that's kind of the right. biggest thing. Right. Um, so if they do return... Who who is your favorite to win the championship? Um, so I was I actually talked about this on Twitter a couple of days ago. I, if everything plays out and, and how it should, it ho- hopefully it can. I don't see anybody beating the Clippers, and I reason I said that is because Clippers are too deep in every single position. Like they literally have two starting fives, and 
that that depth in the playoffs is something that you're really going to lean on. This that you need. Like I think in a series when they play the Lakers, like I think back to when the when LeBron had to play against KD. The difference between in 2015 and 2016 when he wasn't guarding anybody because Harrison Barnes could knock a shot down. Where he's kind of roaming, playing free safety, as opposed to 17 and 18 when KD was there. Now LeBron's having to guard somebody now. Now you're asking a 35 year old LeBron to guard a a Paul George, uh, uh, a Kawhi Leonard, uh, or even if you put him like a Marcus, a Marcus Morris, like these guys can get buckets. So now you're making LeBron play both ends of the court. I just don't know if they have enough to sustain that. Like, cause LeBron does so much of the offensive end for LA. He's literally the, the engine. He's the head of the snake. So if you, if, if you take him away and you take him away, uh, uh offensively a little bit with, with his when playing defense, like, that's tough because you don't. I mean, outside of Anthony Davis, like think about it, who's their, their, their third option. I mean, you could say you could say Kuzma, but Kuzma's up and down. Danny Green's sporadic. I mean, you got J.R. Smith coming. Like you don't, they don't have that like legitimate third option, you know. But the Clippers do. The Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi, Mont- uh, Montrez, Lou Will, like they're just loaded, though. So I, I'd say the Clippers. Yeah, um, I'm a little biased on this situation because I'm a Heat fan through and through, but. I want to. I don't think we have a chance of winning the championship this year, and I'm also a big time LeBron mm-hmm. fan, and I know how much it'll mean for his legacy to win a championship. So I want to say the Lakers, but you do make a point of like you have LeBron, you have AD, but then who else is gonna step up? Like you have to hope somebody steps up. Where with the Clippers, you got Kawhi, Paul George, and then somebody gonna step up. We don't know who, but that's because we have so many different options. You got Montrez Harrell, you got. Like you said, Lou Will, you got Pat Bev who's just going to bring the dog. He may not step up on the offensive end, but he's just a dog. He has that mentality, and he'll get under your skin, mm-hmm. and he'll wear you out the whole the whole game. Defensively, offensively, he just has enough dog in him where he may not score 30, but you don't need him to. That's what you have, Kawhi, Paul George. You know, you have Zubac, right. who's another presence. So it, it is crazy. Like, they are too deep. You know, Morris could end up getting hot from the three, but – and like you said, LeBron is the engine that makes the Lakers go. But I think it comes down to the Lakers Clippers, and I think the Lakers will win. And I just feel like LeBron, this will be, if he does win this championship, I think it'll take everything LeBron has. And this might be the beginning of a true de- decline for LeBron because we've yet to see it. We see, okay, he may not be as athletic, but he's still an athletic monster. He may not be right. as fast, but he still has the speed. He's de- He's got the same mm-hmm. strength, you know, his his body like is just is crazy. We've never seen a guy like him. Probably never will. So you know what I mean. I, but I think he's gonna put the low of the city of L.A., the death of Kobe Bryant, and his legacy yeah. on his back. And I think that's all the motivation he needs. And I think he'll actually be able to prevail, win a championship, and that might be the last time he'll be able to get to the finals, unless you know there's some talks of them trying to get Bradley Beal, or you know, unless they boost that team, but. Him putting the team on his back, I think this will be the last year he actually will be physically able to do it. He's had a lot of rest, and that's the thing is LeBron hasn't had rest. Mm-hmm. And coming into this year, that made a difference. The Lakers being so good was because LeBron was rested. He didn't have to play deep into June. That's true. So that's that's a, I think, that's a really good point. Yeah, so I think him taking all these past couple months, he didn't take it off, but he was able to rest and, and work out at his pace and keep in shape. You know, he spends – couple million dollars a year on his mm-hmm. body that didn't change but yeah i think lebron will be able to right. put the team on his back put it on his shoulders 
do it for the city of LA because he went to LA. He's got to win a championship. I feel like there's enough. The pressure was on when he went to LA. He's arguably the greatest player to ever put on a Lakers uniform. Um, I know you have Shaq, Kobe, Kareem, but like putting on a Lakers uniform, but the, that what could separate him and diminish his legacy is he went to LA and he didn't win a championship like everybody else. You know what I mean? He didn't win a championship yeah. like Shaq and Kobe yeah. and Kareem and Magic. Those were the That's champions. Facts. That's facts. So, but I do yeah, think he has facts. enough juice in the tank to do it, and it'll solidify his legacy. You know, one of the only players to win a championship with three different teams, especially winning finals MVP on all three teams. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I want to see the sure. Lakers do it. Yeah, I, def- I, I want to see the Lakers do it. I want to see LeBron get that one more championship. I want to see him get one more championship. Uh, but you made a valid point with the Clippers of how deep they are. Well, let me ask you this though: What, what, how you feel about the loss of Avery Bradley? That's that's a huge loss because he was stepping up to be that third guy, and you know he's he's probably one of the best on ball defenders in the league, and he was knocking shots down. So, um, I probably feel the same way everybody else feels. That loss of Avery Bradley hurts. Um, like you said, yeah. there's not really a consistent option outside of LeBron and AD. But as far as the consistency of I know what I'm going to get on both ends of the floor, it was Avery Bradley. He's a, he's a lockdown defender. Yep. He's a two-way player. He's not the Paul George of two-way players. But by any means, he's the next guy up. Against the Clippers, he yep. stepped up, and that's why they beat the Clippers. I mean, as great as LeBron played, as dominant as he was, Avery Bradley's the reason mm-hmm. they won that game because, yes, we've seen LeBron score 25 the first game, you know, scored 30 the second game and still lost. So Avery Bradley stepping mm-hmm. up, hitting shots, giving him a 20-point game. And that is going to be a difference, especially in the playoffs. Even though the Clippers are so deep, and typically you play about a 7, 8, maybe 9-man rotation in the playoffs, when you lose a very mm-hmm. important piece like Avery Bradley, that's a loss. And JR, I don't think, is the same JR as he was five years ago. I don't think he's the guy to replace Avery Bradley. He's not Avery right, Bradley. Right, 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 right. Right, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I think he, I think he fills the void because Jr. knows what LeBron wants. He wants you to play hard on both ends, be able to be a, be a shot maker. So I think in that regard, he helps. But now you're bumping everybody up. Now you're bumping. Everybody. Now you you're relying on a guy like KCP to be. You need you need him to twelve to fifteen a night. You need Danny Green twelve to fifteen. Like those guys have to be consistent and not shots down. So. That's that, that, honestly that's that's what the key depends on. You know you're gonna get your combined fifty to fifty five, not more between LeBron and AD. Gonna give you everything they got. Now it's just all like you said, all about the other guys stepping up. Yeah, and I think part of the reason why everybody's not so sold on the Lakers is to me is because Kuzma isn't what he was supposed to be. If Kuzma was that solidified third mm-hmm. guy. Because everybody has duos now. We went away from the big three, and we had duos. We have Westbrook and Harden, Kawhi and Paul George, AD and LeBron, you know, Giannis and Middleton. We we just were deep at duos. If Kuzma was that third guy and what he was supposed to be and had his breakout year and fit perfect, I think everybody would be rocking with the Lakers because the the depth would be there, the consistency would be there, but he's not. Do you see Kyle Kuzma ever being like a – all star, like how Brandon Ingram popped. Not LeBron. No, and reason I say it is because look at how his game changed. His first two years, his first year in LA, his rookie year, he was free. He had the ball in his hand. He was making plays and things like that. He was being himself. With LeBron, you have to fit a certain type of mold. 
Um, Kuzma can be a knockdown guy, but you can tell he struggled with not having the ball in his hand, being a, a catch, and, catch and shoot guy, catch and one dribble pull up guy. Like, that's what Kuzma has to improve his game, and he has to become more efficient. Like, his rookie year, he got 15 shots a game, so you can, get, you can work yourself into a rhythm. Now, as with LeBron, you're probably going to get seven to eight. If you're if you're cooking, you get a little more. But until you until you learn how to be more efficient, like like he's like a Chris Middleton. I, I think Chris Middleton is somebody that Kuzma could end up being. Like Middleton gets more shots, but I think Middleton would be a guy like you could throw him in that role as a third option for the Lakers, and he would fit just fine because he can he gets a catch and shoot guy. He's a low maintenance guy. I think that's somebody Kuzma should kind of like strive to be for be like. Yeah, um, that was another thing is when they made that trade. And they were like adamant on not giving up Kyle Kuzma. I personally thought um, that they should have kept Brandon Ingram and got rid of Kyle Kuzma. They were so adamant on holding up to Kuzma, but with the way they used Kuzma, I could understand if they were keeping Kuzma in the starting lineup. But the way they used Kuzma, that's that would have been perfect for Brandon Ingram's role. Six man coming off the bench, he would have played starter minutes. But they don't really outside of LeBron, they don't have a guy that can really take over. I mean, they have Anthony Davis, we know, but when LeBron comes off the court, Anthony Davis is a post player. Yeah, he, he can shoot from the outside, but he's a catch-and-shoot guy. He's not going to come down here, give you a couple moves, boom, boom, pull up a three, where Brandon Ingram could have been that guy. He could have came in, and his sole purpose right. would have been score the, right. score the basketball. And I, so I feel like right. the way they use Kuzma, Ingram would have fit that role better. So I just feel like they didn't set Kuzma up for the best role with LeBron. Because you turn him into a six-man, and Ingram would have fit that six-man role. I'm glad to see that he's thriving and starting to reach his potential. I still think his ceiling is KD, or KD-esque. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, KD is arguably mm-hmm. you know, a top-ten player of all time right now, and is definitely arguable. But I think he could be that KD-type player. He's long. He can uh, score, dribble. So to see him be an all-star the minute he break away from LeBron, I love seeing success of guys like that. You know, because there was a lot Absolutely. of doubt with Brandon Ingram. Oh, he's a bust. He's not what he was supposed to be. He just wasn't in the right situation. The way they tried to use him with, Le- with LeBron, it didn't work. He doesn't fit with LeBron. I think he could have fit being a six-man, like I said. But in the circumstances mm-hmm. of how they tried to use him, he wasn't going to fit. So they sent him off. And now right. look at him in New Orleans. And that that's another thing. is It's, it's scary in New Orleans. You got Lonzo Ball to run the point with a guy like Zion who's wanting to be, you know, Arguably, he's going to end up being a better Blake Griffin. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if his ceiling mm-hmm. is top five yeah. greatest players of all time, but I do think he could be a better Blake Griffin. And you have Lonzo, who sure. loves to run the point. You got Ingram, who could take over a game with his scoring ability. You don't have to lean on him to make plays because that's what you got Lonzo Ball for. You got Josh Hart, who's a knockdown shooter. They got a couple other young guys. They brought J.J. Redick in for that veteran presence yeah. to teach them with that chemistry and just how to be a team and how to be a pro. So I think that's very mm-hmm. scary over there in New Orleans. I like that team, man. I love that team. You know, for Brandon, Brandon, Brandon's kind of here to me in my heart because I've known Brandon since he's probably in third grade. Uh, you know, Brandon, I know you had Ann on last week. Brandon played at you for Ann. So I remember Brandon then, so I've known him forever. So he's always been that type of kid where you every time you saw him, he always got better, always got better. By the time he became like a, a freshman, sophomore in high school, I was like, yo, he's a lottery kid. Like... <laughs> He was like a six-six point guard at that time, so you know, just to see his progression and see what he what he's become, like I'm I'm, I'm super happy, I'm super excited for him. Um, he's a two-five-two kid, man. So like I said, 
I'm just hoping the best for him, man. I, I'm glad he got to spray his wings in, in, in New Orleans. Um, I know his, I, they wanted to stay in L.A., but they, he also wanted the opportunity to, to be able to prove himself. Like, and like you said, show people that, you know, I'm not a bust. Like, I, I can be an elite player in this league. So, super happy for Brandon, man. Right. And then, I guess, I want to ask you one more thing. Well, kind of hand-in-hand, one or two more things before we go. Rookie of the year. Um, a lot of people are Zion, Zion, Zion. I think John Morant deserves it. You know, he one, he played the whole season. Memphis was not even supposed to be in a playoff picture, let alone in the eighth seed. Um, I think John Morant deserves Rookie of the Year. Do you feel that same way, or do you think because Zion came with a bang, he deserves Rookie of the Year? Uh, John, 100%. You'll even hear Zion say John deserves Rookie of the Year. Just off the simple fact that John took Memphis during the playoff the playoff picture. And let's, call, let's be honest with you. Be honest here. Memphis is going to go to the playoffs because they're only eight games, and barring Memphis going zero and eight in the restart, they're going to the playoffs. So, uh, like I said, John playing the whole year, just like the expectations, like you know, you, they lost Mike Conley. Yeah, you plug in John, but nobody thought John was going to go at average. What what did that was eighteen and nine or somebody's rookie year? Like nobody thought he was going to do that. Yeah. So to see him, what he's doing, that's that, that's awesome. You got to give it to John now. If, if Zion plays the whole season. Zion might be unanimous, you know. Yeah. I mean, what he, what he's done in nineteen games, like you, you can't sneeze at it. So um, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of good rookies, man. I, I love Ja. I love Zion. Kobe, Kobe White, man. After, what he did after the All Star break, like, like you know, I, Kobe's another kid that you know we we've known for a while. Kobe, Kobe was pissed that he didn't uh, the, the rookie game. It was in Chicago, so his mindset coming out of the All Star break was, I'm gonna show y'all. That I'm, I belong in conversation with your jobs and your Zion. Like, he averaged 25 at the All Star break on, on like 48% shooting, like something crazy. So, you know, I just, you know, those are kind of some of my favorite rookies. But in terms of rookie year, yeah, I, I got to go Ja. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the same boat. You know, I think Ja, he played the whole season and that has to hold a lot of weight. And his team is in the playoffs. I do like Kobe White's game. Um, And like you said, Kobe White mm-hmm. went crazy after the All Star break. It's just unfortunate that he played for the Bulls. Like, a guy isn't going to win rookie of the year when John Morant kind of turned the Grizzlies around in a year and Kobe White plays for the Bulls. Like, we don't get to see him that much. We don't watch him on TV that much. You know, even if you have NBA League Pass, you're still not necessarily turning on the Bulls. Bulls. Unless, you know, like, you know Kobe personally. So, you might go, man, let me see. Let me check my dog out. But other than that, you're just not sitting there watching the Bulls play basketball. So, I do think there's a disadvantage for that. Um, so MVP, are you going with LeBron, Giannis, or is there another guy you think deserves MVP? That's tough. I mean, obviously, you know, I, li- I like to put an emphasis on MVP on you know having a great statistical season, but also your team having a lot of success. The books, the Bucks still have the best record in the NBA. So like. If those two stats alone, and Giannis is having a career year, so those two stats alone, you automatically say, well, okay, he needs to be MVP again. But LeBron has done for LA, man, at age 34, 35, man, this year. Like, like he turned back the clock, man, and he made the Lakers relevant again. He Like, the, the NBA needs for LA, your New York Knicks, they need those teams to be relevant. That makes basketball great. And LeBron brought that back to LA. So, I mean... I mean, I'm, I'm not a Braun fan. Like, I, I know you haven't followed me for long, but I'm not. I'm not I, I respect Braun. I think he's an amazing talent. I was more of a Kobe. 
and you know I, I like Curry, but you got to give I, I, you got to give it to LeBron. Le, LeBron's probably the MVP of the league this year. I, I, I would say that. I yeah, it is tough. Um, I feel like up until the last couple weeks before the shutdown, it was Giannis. And I think it was like Giannis was going to run run away with it. It looked like Giannis was going to run away with the MVP. Even as great as LeBron played, mm-hmm. you know, at year 35. And we seen him actually take the official move, the point guard. He's kind of been playing the point guard his whole career. But he took the official move. They lined him up at point guard. They, they based their starting five off of him being the point guard. Him, KCP, AD, you know, JaVale McGee. Danny Green, so mm-hmm. LeBron was the point guard, and to, to see him make an adjustment, I guess a full-time adjustment to running the point and doing it so well and averaging, what do you have, 26, 27 a game, over 10 assists, like still the typical LeBron averaging almost a triple-double, but I think what mm-hmm. if he wins MVP, I think that last those last three games against Philly, Milwaukee, and the Clippers will hold a lot of yeah. weight. Because, yeah, I mean, Philly was injured. They didn't have Ben Simmons or Embiid. But that week was supposed to be a huge week for LeBron until they both, you know, is God, Embiid and Simmons got hurt. Then that kind of changed the, the aspect of that Philly game. But he went crazy, and, you know. And then mm-hmm. he goes and plays the Milwaukee Bucks and goes crazy against Giannis, who last time they played, Giannis, you know, they dogged LA, and Giannis crowned himself mm-hmm. king. You know, and I know LeBron. Yeah. yeah. LeBron looks for motivational factors. He's not like Jordan, where the small things is gonna motivate him. Like, I don't like how that dude tied his shoelaces. I'm gonna go drop forty on him. But right, something right, like right. you know, he listens to the media. But something like Giannis, he noted that he crowned himself king during that game when they just blasted the Lakers. Like he remembers that. Yeah. And then even yeah. with the Clippers, the way he came to play that Sunday. He knew like he would be able to put his name mm-hmm. either one or right behind Giannis where it's neck and neck. And and LeBron's playing mm-hmm. for MVP. I mean, let's be honest, I think MVP is a it's a population award, but at the same time, like if the MVP was the best player in the league every year, LeBron would have seven or eight easily. He has four. You know He's what I'm like saying? Jordan. Yeah. Right. Like he would have if it really mm-hmm. was, you know, Jordan could have had more MVPs. But they almost get t- they want new faces in the NBA because LeBron's been the face for the past 12 years, I mean, so it's like they want new faces, they want new awards, they want to award every other guy because even right before LeBron, if it was the best player in the league, it would have been Kobe. You know, Kobe would have five or six, at the very least, five or six MVPs at the very least. So if they did it based off best player, you know, you'd go from Jordan to probably Shaq for a few years, then Kobe, then it would have been LeBron, and maybe KD here and there, and then, you know, on to Giannis or Kawhi. So I don't hold too much right. weight in MVP, but I know for LeBron it's gonna mean a lot. He's a guy. Um, he cares about his personal accolades. He's chasing Jordan. He can deny it all he wants, yeah. but he's chasing Jordan. Yeah, and, yeah, you know he can say I'm not. I'm trying to be my own guy, and he is off the court. He's 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 doing his own thing off the court, and he's making a name for himself off the court. But on the court, he's looking at Jordan, and he's listening to what everybody has to say about where they measure him with Jordan. And he knows another MVP and right. another championship. A lot of people may still say, "Oh, you know, he's not getting it. We're not. He's not better than Jordan. He never will be. There's nothing he can do." But I think, I think he's the greatest player of all time. Well, I think he's the best player of all time. I think Jordan's the greatest because I just feel like LeBron overall as a player is better than Jordan. But I feel like when you measure greatness, mm-hmm. you add the championships. That's when the accolades get added in and be a six and zero in the finals. You have to. You That's kind of with me with the Tom Brady. He's the GOAT, but he's not the best quarterback I feel like I've ever watched play football. 
I think Peyton Manning and Drew Brees right. are both better. But when we talk about greatness, those championships get added. All your personal accolades. Right. It's not about what I see night in and night out. It's how great were you? We talk about greatness. When you want to be the the greatest, 6-0 in the finals does say a lot. I still would say LeBron is the GOAT because it's not like he has no championships. But I, I do understand. Right. I started more leaning on understanding and listening to people's Jordan arguments lately. And um, one more thing mm. before we go. Is there okay. an asterisk on the champion this year? So initially, when when I thought about, it, I was like yes, but then I, I sat back and thought about, it. I was like, yo, these dudes are really for four whole months. They, they had a, a off season in between the season. Now they're starting back to go play for compete straight for a championship. Like you don't get, they're not getting eighty two games to go, you know, get themselves in, into championship form. So for me, no, it can't be an asterisk because this is probably gonna be one of the hardest championships ever to win because. Now you got to find that motivation. Now you don't have your family there for a couple months. You're you're stuck in literally one spot, like a like, a, like you're almost in a prison almost. And like you have to find motivation day in and day out. And keep getting up and saying, "Man, man, do I still want to be here?" Like you know, after a month, month and a half, some guys can be like, "Man, you know what? This season's a wash. I don't, I don't even want to be here anymore. Let's just let's just go ahead and do what we got to do so we can get back home." You know what I mean? So now it's you have to be mentally locked in. For three and a half months to get there, so no. To me, if you win this title here, this title holds a lot of weight, man. I, I agree. I'll give it hundred ten percent. Yeah. Um. The only thing with me is I don't think there would be an asterisk on the champion unless LeBron James is a, is wins. To me, I think some of the guys who are on the Jordan goat greatest of all time and things like that, they're already preparing, trying to make the argument of an asterisk. Big big name I could think of, Skip Bayless. He's already, you know, preparing for there to be an asterisk because if LeBron wins, right. he, you know, guys like him want to be, well, there's an asterisk on it. Look at it. But like you said, I think it's more difficult. I'm not going to say that any championship ever won. I don't think. But this is the most difficult circumstance we've seen. We've seen lockouts where they start the season late, but we've never seen a season. Everybody, by the time when it stopped, everybody's momentum was going. The Lakers were rolling. You know, Houston was rolling with the small ball. Yep. The Clippers were start. Other than that Lakers mm-hmm. game, they got their chemistry together. They were rolling as teams, and it came to a complete halt. Yep. Now everybody doing their own thing. We don't even know if a lot of these guys were staying in tip-top shape. You know what I'm saying? They, I, I don't see none of them out mm-hmm. there getting fat. But, you know, a guy like Harden took it serious and lost weight. But we don't know if guys were out there mm-hmm. running every day and training. And, you know, a guy like Giannis said he didn't have access to a hoop. So there's a lot of obstacles they're going to have to get. They have two weeks at their own training facilities to work out, and then they have two weeks when they get to Orlando to work out before they start playing games. Eight games isn't a lot of time. If you guys' chemistry takes a few steps back, eight games isn't a lot of time because that's like when we see the, yep. these new teammates come in. They aren't Their chemistry isn't built after the first eight games of the regular season. So it's not a lot of time to get your chemistry going, so it is going to be a mental toughness. It's going to be physically tough. They haven't mm-hmm. played games in months. You know, and like you said, they're going to have to find that fire. And there's, to me, there's only a few players that really have something to play for. And I think that's Kawhi Leonard and LeBron and Giannis, you know, AD. But I don't think there's even players on those teams. Not everybody has something to play for, but LeBron does. Kawhi does too because he's building a legacy. Giannis or Milwaukee as an organization has to get their whole team motivated because this might be a make or break keeping Giannis. You know what I'm saying? Either... I feel like it's get to the finals yeah. or bust. At the very least, get to the finals or bust. Yes. So, mm-hmm. 
So yeah, but that's yeah. another thing. Yeah, another team, Houston. I mean, look at look how you like you said Harden and Westbrook. They had a role. Like Westbrook was playing some great basketball before it stopped. So now, can can can, can a team like Houston sneak in there and or or look at think about a team like Portland. Portland Portland gets their bigs back. You know, yeah, that's a scary team to play. So yeah, there are a couple more teams as well too. You know, like Damian Lillard's having a career year. So I, you know, I think he wants to kind of finish on a high note. You know, yeah. So yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you for being on the show. Uh, before we close out, I'm gonna let you tell everybody where to follow you, where to listen to your podcast, and, and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Rod underscore Bridgers, uh, Rod Bridgers on IG, all one word. Um, also follow our IG page, the uh, the Hoop State. Um, that's on IG as well too. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, sorry, Hoop State Network on IG. Um, we're building something great there, man. We, we're, we're doing some big things. We got a lot of big things in the works. Um, but yeah, just continue to check us out, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. I, I, I love talking basketball, especially it's somebody as knowledgeable as you, man. So I definitely appreciate you having me. Yeah, most definitely, man. And so, like I, like he said, man, y'all go check him out. He's he's well connected. They got some big things in the work. They got good content on their pages already. Obviously, I checked them out. So y'all go ahead, check them out. Yeah. On that note, Up in Flames is out.